0: Welcome to the Rock and Roll Business Podcast, the only place giving you an access all areas pass to the real business stories behind the music industry and introducing you to the experts that make it all happen. We'll be bringing you the exclusive stories from the biggest household names, along with helpful and inspiring insights to help your business get to number one. Hi and welcome to the Rock and Roll Business Podcast. I'm your host Kate Hardcastle and we've come to the end of the first series. I'm so grateful to all of you all around the world for tuning in so far. It's been fascinating. I am so fortunate to be on this journey to discover the best of business out of one of the greatest industries of all time, the rock and roll music industry. I've spoken to the greats, and we've still so much more to come. But whilst it was that time of year, I wanted to do a roundup of some of the very best of the conversations in terms of what I've learned and how much we've enjoyed the benefit of their experience. We're going to kick off with the one and only Randy Jackson. Yes, very famous as a celebrity TV judge, but obviously a star in his own right, brilliant musician, and producer of The Grits, Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, the list goes on. I spoke to Randy in LA and I just found him to be so engaging and passionate. It was a great conversation. One of the things that will always stick with me is how Randy talked about being very open-minded when faced with opportunity.
1: If I always did my best somehow I'd get luckier and luckier and closer. (laughs) And if I got better and better and better, more opportunities would open up. And always keep an open mind. Because just when you're looking at this thing to the left, maybe the thing to the right, to the far right, is what's going to really open up the next door. So be able to shift and swing and pivot right away. I call it following the tea leaves or follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> For those of you that don't know about the tea leaves. Well, there's a tea leaf that just fell in front of me, but it's way on the other side. Should I walk in that path or not? Because I believe there's a little predestiny to everyone's path and journey and career. So, But you still have to do the work. You have mm. to be ready to follow the tea leaves. If you haven't done the work and you're not good enough or prepared enough, it probably won't happen.
0: Shep Gordon is also known as Superman. He's incredibly beloved and respected in the industry by many, and he's famous for doing things in quite the maverick way. Indeed, Mike Myers, who created the film Supermensch, about him, describes him as just one of the best people he knows. So I was really keen to speak to him, understand his learnings from his career, and actually, what might he have changed thinking about the world in which we do business today? He's famously known for not having contracts in place, indeed just doing deals on handshakes. I wanted to know, had that really stood the test of time? You famously don't have a contract with your clients, and Alice yeah. and you have been working together for decades, and you've demonstrated this huge faith in each other. But I was wondering if you felt that kind of deal on handshakes, which we've heard about from other people in the industry, is that really realistic for the guy who's running a butcher's or a baker's right now thinking, I just couldn't do that, I can operate that way? Is that unique to you guys, or do you think we should have more yeah, collaboration? No, it's, a, it's a
2: double-edged sword. You know, as a seventy five year old guy looking backwards, it's very noble. I was someone without children at the time. So I never really thought about generational wealth or what you could do you know with with real money um, for generations. And the one difficult part of the handshake is that it's very hard to even ask for your revenues after you leave so in a normal course of like managing teddy pendergrass with a signed contract i would get a percentage of all his record sales that's small one and that lasts for life because you did the work at the same time he did but because i never had contracts i never got the overlapping flow of cash so i would say when i look back i would probably want that to be i wouldn't need a contract but i would want that to uh To be important for for my kids and for the you know for the family and deserve no you know no one ever said you can't have it i just never felt comfortable even asking
0: i just love these rock and roll business interviews allowing us to get under the skin of the music industry and understand how we can apply some of that learning to our own sectors That said, there are always a few things that make the music industry a little bit special and different. I mean, who can even imagine weighing up the pros and cons for an artist to say yes to headlining Glastonbury? Well, that's exactly the situation that Emma Banks of CAA found herself in when she was talking to the managers of Florence and the Machine about an opportunity presented by David Grohl falling off a stage.
3: Our uh, good friend Dave Grohl managed to break his leg in Sweden, and so the call came from Nick and Emily at Glastonbury saying, "Will Florence step up into that headline slot?" Which was not—it's never an easy thing, and and sometimes you don't want to step into a slot that has been vacated particularly by the Foo Fighters, who yes. are mm. clearly mm. an enormous artist. I remember quite vividly standing in my garden. I mean, that put, it was probably only a month beforehand. I can't, it wasn't long, was it? Because he played, he, they were playing outdoors in Sweden when he fell off the stage. But I was standing in my garden talking to Mairead and Hanna, who managed Florence at the time. And we were going through the pros and the cons and, you know, getting our thoughts together that they could then present to Florence. And Florence decided she wanted to do it and absolutely killed it. I mean, she was brilliant. And I think on the day, nobody probably even remembered that the Foo Fighters were supposed to play, Mm, which is the real sign, I think, of a a truly talented artist. But we probably still, we want to go back there And headline the pyramid stage when we haven't had to step in for somebody that's fallen off another stage.
0: The brilliant Emma Banks there just reminding us why the music industry is always gonna be a little bit different. I also had the opportunity to speak to the legend Midyear OBE. And it was a passion fueled interview with lots and lots of great insights and takeouts. If you've not had the chance to listen to it, I urge you to do so. I spoke to Midge about the changes the industry has seen and how he felt that might impact the future of the music world.
4: Things all changed, uh, you know, maybe 30 years ago with Napster uh, when people started putting music on the internet um so basically uh uh, stealing uh taking it and it's and i know lots of people have got different views on it and i don't really care uh, whether you're for it or against it but the impact it's had on the industry has been massive so therefore labels who normally had you know the major slice of the pie when it came to finances can't invest in new artists they wouldn't dream of signing you know queen or led zeppelin or Jimi hendrix or Kate Bush, you know, they wouldn't dream of finding those because they want a guaranteed hit. So they'll find an artist who's got a good voice or looks the part or they're the right age or they're the right sex or whatever it happens to be, and they put a team around them to make sure it's guaranteed success. And in the old days, they had enough money that they could sign 100 acts and if three of them became successful it paid for the 97 that weren't but out of the 97 who weren't they went on to change the face of music you know they're the ones who pushed the boundaries they're the ones who crossed over the wall who just did something magnificent that made us all think twice you know and that sort of stuff might never ever come back again I'd like to think it will but I kind of seriously doubt it that doesn't mean that the talent isn't there talent raw talent is there all the time and people can exercise that talent it's just that by throwing your latest thing up into the 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 ether uh, up into the internet it's a bit like you know sending people to go and find a needle in a massive haystack it's very very difficult
0: so we've got the talent still but maybe the way it's been done is that the creativity has been strangled by it
4: well it's different it's it's diversified now instead of you know, putting a band together where you get the best drummer you can get, the best bass player and the best keyboard player you can get. Now you're looking for a drummer who's brilliant at social media. Now you're looking for a bass player who's really good at editing videos and making videos for you or graphics or, or you know, a guitarist who's really good at producing the music, doing the technical aspects of it all. So you have to be multifaceted now which kind of suits me fine because I do all of those things.
0: You do But that it's devil. not everyone's
4: cup of tea. It's not everyone's thing, you know, to, to do that. You know, some people just want to be a great singer um, and there isn't a space for them. So it's a, it's a diversification of talents and hopefully not um, a dilution of talents. You, know, you can't be great at everything. You can't be good at everything. But you kind of have to be these days, and you have to put the hours in. You know, as you say, you know, uh, there's lots of uh, monetizing sites and stuff that, that artists use, and they'll do, you know, meet and greets uh, with artists. You know, you, you go there and you pay 50 quid or whatever, and you go and get your photograph taken with the artist and something signed, and you go away with a laminate or whatever it happens to be. It's not necessarily about music. That's about you know, fame and money and money. Yes, It's, it's, money. it's, it's all about it's all about trying to generate income. The problem is if labels aren't signing acts, you can't turn around and go to the bank and say, I've got this great idea. You know, <laughs> can you give me 50,000 pounds so I can go and make an album? They'll show yeah. you the door. You know, It's yeah. just not going to happen. So that money has to be generated from somewhere else. It still costs to buy the equipment to make an album in your bedroom. And if you give that away, you're going to starve. As I said many, many times, It might be a situation in the future where all music is free, but it's all going to be old because nobody will have the money to make the new music.
0: some really interesting thoughts from Midge there. I loved the time with him and I can't wait to see him perform live. And someone else I can't wait to see perform live is Luke Goss behind the drums when he's performing with Reunited Bros. But Luke has done so much more outside of the band. He is an acclaimed artist. He's a successful actor. And I really enjoyed our chat together in LA, as we try to understand what impact COVID had had on the music industry and how creatives can find better ways to express themselves in business. But the selection I've chosen from the interview is when Luke talks about his fans. Now, when this episode came out, I was overwhelmed by the way in which the Bross fans reached out, got in touch, and listened intently to the episode and then gave great feedback. To be accepted by Bros fans to me felt to be a really important stage because we want to be authentic in everything we do with rock and roll business. And it matters just as much to me that we get the messaging and the insights right for our business audience as we are respectful to our music fans and listeners. Please don't be shy when sending any feedback whatsoever. It really makes a difference and we appreciate all of you taking the time to listen. And that's what it's all about. I think being really grateful to people who take the time, just like Luke is so grateful to his fans.
5: My brother and I are nostalgic with a band that, for some people, is their band. You know, and I and I think it would be just really uh, it'd be wrong of me, but it would be it would be a really disrespectful thing all round. And it would be I don't know what would make me do it i've never I've never wanted to sell the band down the river, never would, but it's because of the fans. it's not just my band it's the, it's their band you know for us, it's the music, isn't it? you know that if you're on stage, you're doing your thing, what you're looking like outside is a wholly different whole different experience, so it's all about the fans really. It, it, it's in Matt's hands and my hands to disappoint them that way, and uh, we're not going to do that.
0: You're not going to disappoint. No. But have you have you felt a day in your fans' shoes? Do you have a, a you mentioned Prince there, someone that you've sat in the front row for, and you know what that expectation is?
5: Oh yeah, I mean, you too. I love watching you two live. I love um, the Stones. I love watching live. Uh, Prince, lots of bands in my life. First ever band I played was Depeche Mode and they, you know, there they are. Um, and I think another great example, depression mode is always given, haven't they? They, they? they haven't ever, I can't imagine the, face, the faces they would have if you'd suggested they ever departed from that, that great integrity that they have. Yeah, I think that's what allows any career to stick around is integrity.
0: Oh, that was lovely to hear Luke talk about his fans again. Thank you so much for tuning in to Rock and Roll Business. It's been quite the year. We set off in January, and we were planning our first episode and recording in Abbey Road Studio 2. What a phenomenal experience. And we've been to Wembley, Royal Albert Hall, and right over to Nashville, the heart of country, LA, and lots of destinations in between, Liverpool, of course. And it's just been a brilliant rollercoaster ride. I'm so grateful to all of the people involved with Rock and Roll Business and particularly to you, the listeners. I really hope this has encouraged you to listen back or listen to some of the episodes. I hope you've enjoyed this roundup. All of the episodes from Series 1 are available wherever you get your podcasts. And please do remember to hit subscribe because we want you to be the first to know when we drop Series 2. Until then... I've been Kate Harcastle. this is the Rock and Roll Business Podcast, and we are talking about one of the greatest businesses in the world, show business. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Rock and Roll Business Podcast. Remember to subscribe for free on your favorite podcast platform and never miss an episode. Share the love by sharing this episode with your friends and colleagues. For more of our exclusive content, head to rockandrollbusiness.com. We'll see you next time on the Rock and Roll Business Podcast.